Hello and welcome to Ask a Coach with Ngomo. My name is Al Wynet and today I am so excited to be speaking with Sylvia Henderson, MBA and certified Lego serious play facilitator. And more on that later because I'm really excited about that one. Um, we'll be talking about systems, processes and strategies to help individuals and businesses move forward. So I'm excited to this conversation. Sylvia, welcome to our show. Great been watching others. Oh, it's great to be the one who's your guest. Oh, I'm excited for this conversation. So let's dive straight into it. So tell me a little bit about your background and um, how it really inspired you to become a coach. Well, I come from a corporate background, which sort of feeds my coaching also, uh, because I seem to thrive in that business environment, not working for anybody else anymore, but still the corporate environment I love. Um, IBM, America Online is my corporate background. And in that, in that arena, I was a manager and I helped people grow. So on my own, I do training and learning and development and a lot of speaking to help people grow, but I found out it wasn't enough. Uh, it's mm -hmm. training is one and done. Speaking is frequently one and done. And I wanted to really affect change, people change. And the only way to do that really is coaching, long-term actions, accountability, and some hard work. So how did moving from the corporate world to the coaching world, what did you have to do to, to adapt to that? Because it's, it's very different. And, and how did you overcome that? So first of all, the moving on, corporate left me. I didn't leave corporate. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and one of those reorganizations, <laughs> wink, wink. Mm. <laughs> There's a few of those going on right now in the news. That's right. looks like. Well, this was in the turn of the century uh, tech bust. Mm. And so corporate left me. So while I was in corporate, We'd, I'd attend these fancy conferences and I see these speakers on stage and I'd go, oh man, I want to do that. I want to be one of those speakers. So when corporate left me, I decided time to do that. So I joined national, found out about National Speakers Association and I joined NSA and that taught me how to run a business, which you don't learn when you're working for a company. Mm -hmm and how to make money as a content producer and a service provider. And again, you don't learn that working for a company. And then I started networking with people with business ownership in my mindset, instead of just networking to connect, uh, to get speaking and coaching gigs. And what NSA taught me was the emphasis on business, not just to get out and speak. What there's a phrase that we used to say, we believe in free speech, but prefer to get paid. So, so anyway, NSA taught me a lot about getting paid to speak. Hmm. I had to learn discipline. I had to learn to set my own schedule, set my own goals and how to achieve them. I had to figure out my own actions and my own accountability. And of course, I called on other people to help. I have coaches. I have mentors. I have mastermind groups. So all of that helped me transition from corporate to on my own. You kind of alluded it a little bit uh, with NSA here, but are there any resources, people, organizations that really helped you in the transition, you know, to becoming a coach? Mm, lots of people. So one of the things early on, there's a book that's probably out of print now, and it's called Speak and Grow Rich. So it's kind of a takeoff title from Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, but Speak and Grow Rich by uh, Dottie, D-O-T-T-I-E, Walters. Now she's gone 
unfortunately, from this earth. Um, but that book is all about the speaking business, emphasis on business. Chapter by chapter, it took me through how to network, how to reach meeting planners, how to create my speeches, what's a keynote versus a workshop. I mean, it just mm. went into such detail. That was so valuable early on. And if viewers can find that book on Etsy or eBay or someplace, it is really worthwhile getting that book to learn the speaking and I'd say coaching somewhat business, business. So that's one resource I really recommend. Uh, Think and Grow Rich is another book that's been a staple. I've gone through it several times. That's the Napoleon Hill book. That really helps with goal setting, creating, setting your values, um, mastermind groups. And it really talks a lot about that. So those are two books I really recommend. Organizations, um, even, well, if coaching would be, I guess, ICF, although I'm not a member of International Coaching Federation. But I know people who are certified as ICF coaches. That's a major resource for them. NSA, major resource for speaking. Toastmasters, major resource for speaking. I'd suggest Toastmasters, even if you're solid coaching and don't plan to be on stage. And then just leadership positions. You know, go be a leader and, and coach other people uh, as practice. So what would you... And I think that Napoleon Hill book, I think every business person has it sitting on some on yeah. some shelf somewhere in their office. Yes, I you know, totally, you know, donkey ears or whatever you call it. Yep. So, so, so what piece of advice would you give someone who really wants to enter the coaching profession right now? So one of the things I've learned, so they got three little, three kind of pieces of advice, short. Of course, I could go on and on, but short. First of all, what helps me as a coach, as opposed to a speaker or separate from speaker, mm -hmm. is to get clear, get clear that you are not the star. Now, this is the opposite of being a speaker. You know, you are not the star as a coach. You are not the sage on stage, as we say in the speaking profession. Coaching is not about you. It's about your client. So that's one thing. Get clear about that. Be okay with that and be good with that. For all my ego, when I'm coaching, I'm quite comfortable with it's about you, not mm -hmm. me. So that's one. Number two is to me, get firm with your boundaries. And as a coach, people can infringe on your boundaries. They can infringe on your time, um, on your energy, when you're willing, that's energy that you're willing to give to others, especially if you, if, the person you're coaching is needy or if they're not doing the hard work and you're kind of pushing harder than they are, get clear with your boundaries and know when you need to say, mm, time out, this isn't working. Um, and then the third quick piece of advice is get solid with your focus. So in the beginning, so I'm a business coach and I'm really clear with that. And that got more clear the more I coached individuals on how to build and grow their businesses. As soon as people started coming to me with, well, I can't do this because, and there were issues in their life or their mindset wasn't right. I have enough trouble working on my own, let alone helping others with their life issues. And so I got clear, I am not a life coach. I am not a mindset coach. I am not a health and wellness coach as I have my triple um, Oreos sitting here beside me. So I, you had, I had to get clear. And I, think, yeah. and I think you have to get clear as a coach. 
Mm-hmm. What kind of coach are you? Where is your specialty? And that's the, to me, that's the beauty of Ngomu because your, our, your coaches, my colleagues, they're focused on their area. And that's kind of cool. So talking about your coaching at Ngomu, Sue, you are coaching on, great segue, by the way, um, coaching on you know, action and accountability for business owners and career professionals. So take me a little bit through that. What is that? What does that mean? Who's it for? Well, of course, I titled it Action and Accountability. So that's what it's all about. But I'll go further for business professionals and business owners. So to me, because what I said earlier, I'm clear that I am business oriented. I'm clear that um, that I like the corporate business organizational environment. And so I want to help people in that environment be their best. There's so many. I had great mentors when I was in corporate and a lot of what I learned to succeed, people don't tell you in school. Even when you go to business sure. school, there are a lot of games. There are a lot of other, you know, corporate um, politics. And I don't mean government politics, but the political environment in an organization that people in professional roles need to navigate. And a lot Mm -hmm. of that comes down to systems and structure and processes and taking action and being accountable for their action. So my goal in my coaching community is for my learners, my coachees, whatever, somehow learners sounds better than coachees, but my goal in my coaching community is for the people who are in the community to get clarity to get guidance and get examples and ideas for establishing their own processes, not for me to teach stuff, but for them to set their own processes and goals and actions to help them succeed. So that's what the, uh, my, my coaching community is all about. I got a lot. It could go on for a long time. It, it can. And I, and I, uh, as you know, I'm a beneficiary and I'm a participant yeah. um, in most sessions Um but one of the things, a couple of sessions ago, you brought up the, uh, the concept of the one thing based on the book by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. I hope I pronounced the last name correctly. What, yeah. is, what does the one thing mean, mean to you? Whew. All right. So <laughs> when I said focus earlier is one of the things that I had to learn when I, was, uh, when I first started out on my own. So the one thing, really, one word, focus. And the book goes through how to focus your actions, focus your, your, your mind, but mainly focus your actions to succeed day after day after day so that you reach your goals. Now, of course, it's about goal setting and other things, but um, so I operate just like you said you operate. And I'm sure many of our viewers operate in squirrel mode. Uh, you know, it's like work, work, work. Ooh. Something, something catches our attention. That's notification. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the next best thing. And so, I I found that I have more ideas that I'm capable of even implementing in a 24/7, you know, day-to-day world. I'm experienced. I'm experienced at getting nothing done because I'm trying to do everything. So the discipline required for business. Uh, forced me to find guidance for focus. And that one thing book gave me some of that guidance. 
for me, the one thing gives me an overall structure that I can then break down and I can work with. It, it kind of simplifies what I have to do for the day. And I like simplicity. So for viewers and listeners, so the book covers, think about the one main thing, the one main thing you need to get done every day that makes it a successful day. And then everything else is just gravy. And if I may, just, I mean, a quick couple of examples. So the one thing could be big or it could be small in a day. Last Friday, my one thing was to get two communications done by noon. That was it. If I got those two communications that I had to get taken care of done by noon, the rest of the day was free. And that's kind of one of my goals for Fridays is to have the afternoon free. So once I got those two things done, which was once I got those two communications done, which was my one thing, I was I had a successful day. Today, my one thing was to give an interview that gave value, that provides value. So my one thing was what we're doing, our conversation. Now, there was several actions related to that. Kind of think through my content and the message that I want to deliver. Set up my technology, several actions. So, you know, there were other actions leading to the one thing. But once we're finished with our interview, the other two items that I need to take care of, they're just gravy. So that to me is what one thing is. What's my focus for the day and do everything I need to towards that focus. And then the rest is just gravy. Did that help? It, it does help, but I have kind of a follow-up question because I am one of those <laughs> notification pops up and whoosh, squirrel, and you should see my wall of sticky notes <laughs> with ideas um, on the other side here. So as, and I've, I'm, as, as we've spoken before, as we spoke before, I am reading the book. I haven't finished the book yet. I'm in the process of. So although I, I understand the concept of the one thing as you just went through it, when I, when I start my day, when I look at my week, when I look at my month, my quarter, I see so many one things. It's like, how do you meaningfully step back from that and drill down to really find that one thing on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis that that makes that biggest difference. So I'm still somewhat struggling with that. Okay. Okay. Obviously there's going to be a longer, there's a longer answer to this, but uh, one of the, one of the things that I teach in my business and a tool that I developed is called the one page plan. It kind of relates to the one thing. So my one page plan for the year, and there are many versions of one page business plan, personal plan, uh, the life wheel, whatever, people respond to in terms of planning their life or their year. So I start with the big, what, what is it that will make me say 2023 or any year has been a good year. So I figure that out first, but that's the goals, the intentions, the, all that good stuff that other coaches in Ngomo talk through. Then I break that year down into, you know, I have that. You don't, I have four goals four major categories where I want to see action take place, financial, business growth, personal care, that's more than health and wellness. And I can't remember the other anyway. So I look at those four areas and this is the beginning of year planning. And I figure out what needs to be done in each of these areas. This is the bigger picture. 
What needs to be done in each of these areas to make my year successful? Okay, I figure that out. That takes some time. Then I go, all right. So in month to month to month to month, what can I do in each of these areas within a month time period? Mm. Well, obviously you can't do everything. So I figure out, well, maybe this month is heavy on business. So I need to not do two or three other things. Because I figure out my month to month. But now we're getting to the linear time, linearity of time. And once I figure that out after about four hours of working on this, then I look at the calendar and I go, okay, so January, February, March, these are the things to get done. And that's where the one thing starts to materialize. Once I start looking at my calendar on a weekly basis, I go, so what's, what needs to be done this week to achieve what I planned for the month, which then ties to the year's goals. So there's a link and that's where I figure out my day-to-day one thing. So there's a lot more to that. That's the essence of how I break things down. And if you just like, you know, how do you eat an elephant? They say one bite at a time, just like that's kind of how I figure out my day-to-day-to-day to to make sure it links back to my weeks, which link back to my months, so that by the end of the year, actually the end of three months, because I do this quarterly, I go, okay, I actually accomplished something. Not I was busy. I accomplished some stuff. That actually makes perfect sense. One thing for the year, just drill down to multiple little one thing, not little, but one thing is under that. So that makes, yeah. that makes it, that explains it really well and makes it very manageable. So, easier said than done. It takes hours to work this through. I'll have to come to your coaching community this Thursday. <laughs> but, but thank you for sharing that. In the, in the, in the beginning of the session, I get very excited because um, I haven't played with Legos for a while, but I did a lot when I was a when I was a younger uh, person. I even won a Lego building championship once. Wow! In my, te- in my teen years. So um, you okay. mentioned you're you're now a certified Lego serious play facilitator. I'm dying to find out what that's all about. <laughs> so I have not been a Lego person a lot. So let me backstep a little bit to explain my interests. I'm a kinesthetic learner and I'm a kinesthetic trainer. Mm. Uh, And I believe most people are kinesthetic learners one way or another. I've always used toys and props and visuals in my training sessions uh, because when learners have fun, they learn more and they learn better. Even the stayed button up business executives that I've had in classes loosen up and when they start to lean forward you know they're starting to be involved in the training in the learning Mm -hmm. so i've always been a proponent of using toys an oriental trading company has been a long time resource for (laughs) for toys toys and props in my training i've researched numerous studies over the years on brain science on adult learning principles and on training techniques so i've already so I understand why toys are, why having fun and using things as concepts is really important. And that's really, that's the essence of Lego serious play. So I'm not especially a Lego hobbyist. Um, I'm intrigued by the variety of the blocks. Oh my God, I learned in my training, I learned there's more little Lego blocks. Some are like microscopic. 
how people do these things is beyond me. But anyway, so I'm intrigued by the variety of bricks and and I enjoy bothering my partner, Pat, who does build some Lego, uh, some Lego models. She follows the directions. She follows the directions to a T. I can't do that. So when she's done with something, I kind of sneak in and find the extra pieces and I'll add a little glitter thing here. or I'll add a little <laughs> antenna there. <laughs> so I can look at it later and go, I don't remember that being on. So anyway, that's what I do. I kind of play on her toys. So I learned about using Lego Serious Play or LSP process as a tool, as a tool for facilitating uh, strategy set, strategic planning sessions, um, really great meetings where people share and they're involved in the meeting and active facilitating even coaching you can facilitate and use the lego serious play process for effective coaching sessions and really the essence of it of the process is it helps people clearly see um it well i've clearly see the value in using the process to open minds uh to share at a deeper level in strategy and like I said, in learning opportunities and even coaching, because you focus on metaphors and meaning and perspectives with building things using Lego bricks. And you get people to share their perspectives. Like, I mean, so I sit here, I mean, here's, it's like build a tower. Well, yeah, you know, this was, I was bored one day, but still this is the essence. I don't know what this is. This is something that in the LSP process, I would then say, well, this person is, this person is reaching up to help uh, because we're all about helping people. You know, this person is about reaching out and learning. And I mean, you know, so you, you assign metaphors to the bricks that then help you get clarity about what you're thinking or your perspectives. So that's what Lego serious play is all about. But it has to be facilitated and there's a structure, hey, there's a process and there's a system to follow to facilitate that process. You know, when I, when I sell the concept, I don't sell Lego serious play. I say, we're going to do a strategy session and I have a, and I will be introducing a creative way to get people to be more open during the strategy session. That's what I sell. You know, then I bring in the tools to do that. Oh, I can already see a company meeting happening. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, thank you, Sylvia, for sharing that. So what are the top three takeaways you, you, you want to leave our viewers and listeners with today? Mm. Well, aside from all the rest, squirrel. Um... <laughs> three, just three. I know. Okay. So, well, obviously, I did a little pre-thought to this one. Was some notes. So number one. As a coach with coaching in mind, people seek coaching to affect change. I mean, wherever they are trying to affect change um, in whatever areas of their life or their business. So yet when they see when they see the hard work that's involved in affecting change, many people drop the process. Mm -hmm. So what first, if you're honestly serious about what you want for your life, for your health, for your relationships, or for your professional growth, be prepared to work for it long-term. So that's the first takeaway I want viewers and listeners to know. Just be prepared to work. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, we don't know what we don't know. I still don't know what I don't know. 
And sometimes we hesitate to accept what we should know that's good for us. So coaches are our strength. You know, we need our coaches' strength. We need our coaches' trust uh, to lean on and to help us figure our own stuff out. So that's number two is, uh, yeah, we don't know what we don't know. So lean on and trust your coaches. Now they have to earn your trust, of course. And then third, this is action and accountability. If it's not on the calendar, whatever it is, if it's not on the calendar, if it's not repeatable, if it's not consistent, you're simply not going to stick to it over time, period. You just not. So however that looks for you, it's got to be written down in your schedule, whether that's uh, digital written down, whether that's paper written down. Those are my three things. And those are amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And before we jump into our 10 rapid fire questions, so anything I should have asked you, I didn't. So here's the question to ask me, which I'll ask myself. <laughs> so with all that's a part of my life, and you know, I'm president of this and volunteer in that, and I run this and I have a hobby of that and you know, all the things that are in my life. Do I have one overarching guiding principle that directs mm. all of my decisions that help me uh, and, and dictates what I say and do? So that would be the question to ask. Do I have one overriding guiding principle? And of course, my answer is going to be yes. And so this is, would be for anybody. And that overarching principle is our, is core values, um, determining determining what our core values are, what my core values are and were, which they haven't changed. And this is more than your why. You know, there's the whole mm -hmm. discover your why, discover your why. That's fine. But to implement your why, what are your core values in implementing your why, in doing your why? Um, and that dictates what I do personally, professionally, always. Every decision is, is this within my value system? Does this, we, you know, that's the guiding principle that I believe we all should figure out and then stick to because it keeps us from being stupid on social media. It keeps us from say, saying yes to things that just don't hit us the way we wish they would hit us and just create half core values. And there are coaches to help you figure that out. Fabulous. I'm not sure if I'm putting you on the spot here. Can you share what yours are? Oh. How much time do we have? Oh, no, 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 no. That's okay. Uh, so one of them, boy, I didn't, they're over there. I keep them visible. So, but one of them that helps me make my decisions is to seek the truth for me. Seek the truth. Um, research look at both sides of an argument. There's usually more than both sides, but look at both sides of an ar argument in this, in this political time. And I mean, political beyond, you know, what goes on in the white buildings in Washington, DC, but it is to seek the truth and then make my decision based on what I see as the truth. Um, that, that helps me research. That helps me not believe everything I hear and see. It helps me dig further. Uh, both in business and personally. Um, another core value is to serve, to serve without giving too much of myself away. 
and that's important because a lot of people are served to serve, but uh, in fact, <laughs> there's a there's a Twilight Zone episode called "To Serve Mankind," <laughs> and, and it's about mankind man being part of the aliens cookbook. <laughs> so when I was wondering what that was <laughs> it's about serving a little bit differently from what they intended. So I think about that sometimes, but that's another core value is to serve with boundaries, I guess. is So it may sound opposite, but it's not because if you don't have the energy to serve your own energy and you're not with yourself strong, how are you going to serve others? So there's other core values, but those are two examples of what dictate every yes and every no that I make. Thank you. Thank you for sharing those. I appreciate it. So quick reminder that you're watching or listening to Ask a Coach with Ngomo. My name is Al Winans, and today I'm speaking with Coach Sylvia Henderson, MBA and Certified Lego Series Play Facilitator. If you came in late and you just heard that, just rewind and you'll find out what that means. So Sylvia, yes. 10 questions, rapid fire style. You're ready. Okay. <laughs> what did you want to be when you grew up? So I had to laugh. The questions may be rapid fire. My answers may not. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to be a cowgirl when I grew up. My dad was uh, into Westerns. I'm into Westerns. and But not the kind of cowgirl that was in the home. The kind of cowgirl that was out on the, out on the range with the, guy, with the guys. <laughs> rounding up. You know, on the horses, rounding up cattle. Now, ironically, I don't ride a horse. So different kind of horse. I ride a different kind of horse. Yeah, different kind of horsepower. <laughs> so, so if you were president for one day, what would you do? Okay, living. I live in the suburbs of Washington D.C. So, so what the president does is like my local news. There's there's too many things. I go I go. Oh my God, what would I do in a day? So I thought, okay, let me just net this out. So I would wave a magic wand and I would bring, this comes to my core value, I would bring research and truthful data to the decisions that need to be made. And I would require civility, collaboration, action, and accountability for the day-to-day -day operations that cross all the levels of government. I mean, it just, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> That's great. What, what was your favorite subject back in school? That was English, English and phys ed, but English. I liked English literature. I had a really good teachers, especially in high school, that made English come alive, that made literature come alive. So that became my favorite subject. It's amazing. What does your morning routine look like? <laughs> routine. Okay, we talked about action. We talked about processes. <laughs> processes. So for, I'd say most days, four out of five days a week, if not more. I'm up around 6 a.m. and that's my that's my alone time. Um, I like when it's still dark out. It's just I look. It's that's my time for my mind. I get my coffee. I reflect. I read a little bit of the paper that still gets delivered to my driveway. Believe it or not. So I get up around 6 a.m. and that's about an hour of that of me time. Then I come online and I tend to the administrative stuff. Email. I listen to any voicemails, um, which are rare nowadays. Uh, I might have a pile, a little pile in my desk that I'm like, oh, I meant to get these three things scanned. So I'll take care of that for maybe a half hour to an hour. So now we're up to about seven, six, seven, about eight o'clock. 
Pat, being retired, gets up around eight o'clock. So I make sure I spend a few minutes with her. So that's my grounding relationship wise uh, action. That's probably when I eat some cereal for breakfast. So now we're into about 8.30 or so, and my business starts around 9. Um, rarely do I allow a meeting to take place before 9, although there are some that do. So that's kind of what I do in the morning to get going. Then I hit business. On Mondays, I uh, have a commitment for going to the gym and swimming. So that's my health and wellness commitment in the morning. And the rest of the day is business, or the rest of the week is business. And that could go into six, seven, eight o'clock at night, but my morning is really, to me, valuable for setting the day. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? You're going to laugh. Fried crickets. <laughs> I, went to a, I went to a seminar on living off the earth. <laughs> and so they shared plants and they shared some high protein stuff. Um, there were things that they shared that I wasn't about to touch, but the fried cricket seemed safe. And they were, it was kind of crunchy and non-tasting. So I thought, okay, I can handle this. Couldn't handle some of the other stuff. There were some wormy, crawly things. I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> And with you on that one, even the crickets would be a little bit weird for me. <laughs> well, I thought, but closed my eyes and I tried it. I thought, what the heck? It, it wasn't bad, but. <laughs> so what, what show are you binge watching right now? Ooh. So we just subscribed to Paramount Plus in December. We dropped a couple others and we just subscribed. So now I'm getting my Star Trek fix. Uh, being a Trekkie. It was, I was like suffering, not watching Star Trek Discovery, which is only on Paramount Plus. So I'm sort of, I flipped through three things, binge watching. I don't know. That may not be binge watching, but Star Trek Discovery, all of the Yellowstone series. Remember, I like mm -hmm. Westerns. So all of the Yellowstone series is including the 18, whatever, and the 19 something. So we're just going to start that. And then the Good Fight, which is a law program. And Pat was a lawyer. So we were binging on that too. Cool stuff. So what's three must-read books? Think and Grow Rich. Um, so, I, you know, I was, I was like, what book? So I'd say the one thing would be the second book. And I'm going to put a plug in for, I think people should read my book, our book, our Josh Silverstone in my book, which is called Internal Masterminds. And they can find that online too. It's about mastermind groups in corporate so you know nothing like plugging your own book as a must read hey you must do that that's right what's the maybe you addressed this already a little bit here but what's the one thing Probably. you do every day that adds to your success something that i learned way back in corporate uh when franklin covey came in and gave a workshop and they you know, gave us these pretty books and which i really didn't use the books and something that I talk about in my coaching community is a, a system or process that is agnostic of the tool that you use. So this started for me back in the paper day timer, uh, the paper day timer that I used to carry around, which was my Bible. Now it's transferred to my Google calendar, which is my Bible. Excuse me for those of faith that that may offend. So I evaluate my up the one thing I evaluate my upcoming week every Sunday every Sunday mm -hmm. evening or maybe early, early Monday morning, but usually Sunday, I look at the week, 
I determine my focus for each day. I put everything in my calendar. Uh, it could be a task. It could be a reminder. It can be an event. It might be a list for my errands that I'm going to run. Everything goes in my calendar and it's color coded. It makes some people crazy, but it, I can work with it. And then I follow it. And I combine personal and professional all in one calendar, including that's commitments. And so that's really the one thing every day I check my calendar and I follow it because I set it the week, you know, I set it for the week's goals and what has to be done. Nice. I get the color calendar to do the same thing. Um, uh, if, you, if you could invite three people to dinner, living or deceased, who would you invite? So, of course, I'm going to do five. But anyway, that's <laughs> they're quick. So I was like, I can't think of three. So Catherine Hepburn, I just my all-time favorite actress and person. Sidney Poitier, mm. I loved him. I've met him several times. And mm. I just, just a kind person. And I think really deep. Cicely Tyson, I, I love mm. her just like I've loved Catherine Hepburn. Michelle Obama. I just, I'm intrigued with her and I'm in love with Jamie Lee Curtis. I just, <laughs> I have to put that out there. So I would love, <laughs> so those are my, those are my people. <laughs> that looks like a really good dinner party. <laughs> so I'd like to see Audrey, no, not Audrey Hepburn, Catherine Hepburn interacts <laughs> with the other people. Um, so please finish this statement. Leadership is... But that's that's a serious one. Yeah. <laughs> I think leadership is it's an honor to practice it. It's an honor to experience leadership. So leadership is an honor to experience and a duty, I think, to practice it ethically. Hmm. That's how I'd finish that sentence. That's really beautiful. Hmm. And one oops. One of our um, viewers said, whoa, what a party. Ah! So <laughs> if there's an extra seat at the table, I'm sure they'd like to attend as well. Oh, so, great. <laughs> but <laughs> Sylvia, I appreciate you sharing today with, with me and with our audience. So share with us how people can get a hold of you if they want to work with you, get in touch with you. What's the best way to do that? Oh, this was fun. I always enjoy talking to you anyway, but this was fun. Oh, thank you. Okay, so you can LinkedIn is my, I'd say, my number one go-to. And, and Sylvia Henderson, that's pretty simple. Uh, I can't think of the actual link, but Sylvia Henderson, it doesn't, it just look me up. On LinkedIn, my websites, uh, I, I think you've been flashing my one website. I call that my speaker website. Uh, and the other one, my business is called Mind Mind Team solutions and so that's the website mindteamsolutions.com would be the other and then the Yungomu coaching community the action and accountability for business professionals and owners that's the other way to reach me in fact please come and be a part of the session and we're this week on thursday at 9 a.m eastern time if yes. i have that right 9 a.m eastern time seven o'clock my time with coffee <laughs> yeah second and fourth i think second and fourth thursdays 9 a.m and it's great. So Sylvia, thank you so much 
for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, we'll see you again next week, Monday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time with Chris, with guest Christopher Wells. And uh, we'll be talking about relationships from men. So that's an important topic as well. So thank you for being here, everyone. Make it a great rest of your day. Mm -hmm.